the Nomad Project podcast, the Nate Note Taker, Nate Taker. I don't know how to speak. Note Taker series. This will be episode six, and this will be the first of the last three episodes um, of the Note Taker series. And one, I just want to say that it's been an awesome ride for these last few weeks that I actually started this and and got this going. And uh, it's just I've learned so much in a short amount of time, and being able to take notes. And, uh, you know, hence the note taker and, and just kind of, you know, I've had other people message me and, and, and DM me and saying, hey, like, you know, great episode. I took notes, you know, I'm learning a lot. And that's what this is for is for people to learn, uh, maybe for people to put their own spin on certain experiences that other people have had and just simple things like that. So this episode, we are focused on the early season. The season is here. We're, you know, getting in a tree. We got a mature buck acquired as a target. And uh, I wanted to get somebody who loves the early season, loves to find the beds, loves to find the the early season bucks. And I got somebody. So, Jake, thank you so much for taking the time and getting on here and, uh, you know, hopefully to teach me some stuff and I'm sure you will because um, I'll ask every dumb question in the book and pick your brain some more. Um, first of all, thank you for hopping on here with me, bro. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Um, just just a quick, try to keep as quick as you can, intro for yourself. Maybe maybe tell me just a tad bit of your credentials and, and, uh, and then after that, you know, start teaching me some stuff. Yes, sir. So uh, my name is Jake Bush. Um, I'm originally from New York. I actually uprooted and moved to Ohio last year. Uh, I'm a big public land hunter. Um, I would say that I specialize in the first week of season. First couple weeks, I try to find beds. I try to locate mature bucks and then be aggressive and tackle them as quickly as possible. Uh, I've had pretty good success doing that in the past. And uh, hopefully this year will be no different. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped. One, because... I'm just I'm gonna get on the side thing real quick. Once, I like I remember the day you shot that deer, and like I guess all your stories were loading up later from like because you had no phone service. Yeah, yeah. And, and you were like, yeah, I just shot a giant, and I was and I was like freaking out because I was like, I just thought I've grown up early season. It was hard for me to understand to hunt early season. Like, I, you know, I had the old school mindset from all my uncles that, you know, kind of like, you know, stay out of there for the first few weeks. That ain't worth it. Blah, 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 you know, kind of thing. And once I started getting into it and stuff like that and you're like, yeah, you know, sh- shot a stud. And I was like, dude, oh, my God. And then I saw a picture of it and I was like, are you freaking serious? Like, <laughs> God, I was all jacked up. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't know you and I didn't, you know, I don't I didn't know anything about it, but it was like. I think it got me more excited because last year I hunted Ohio was my first out of state and I hunted Southern Ohio, got my butt handed to me, but it was awesome. And I think I was more jacked up because I was like, I'm hunting Ohio. I hope I kill a giant, you know, kind of thing. So, all right, done with my side note, Jake, teach me some stuff, brother. All right, man. So uh, we're going to start right off. So say I have a target buck acquired. Okay. Um, the way that it works for me is I'll have pre-scouted bedding locations and then I'll have destination food sources for each of those beds. Uh, so going into season, I'll locate a buck. You know, my goal is to locate, let's say five to eight deer of the caliber that I want to kill. Okay. And that's on a lot of different locations. 
Um, and from that point, what I'll do is just put all the pieces together and I'll have like a certain location, a certain, a specific bed picked out for a day based on a certain wind or based on, you know, some variables like temperature, um, where I'm seeing pressure and things like that. And I'll go in and I'll attack that bed. Okay. So my, my style, one of the big takeaways is, is I'm extremely aggressive because I have multiple bucks located of the caliber that I want at that point. I got you. So, um, what, what that does for me is it allows me to get really close to the beds. You know, I go in and I don't have, I don't have any fear at all in spooking a buck or bumping a deer off a ridge or anything like that, because I've got a backup plan. Yeah. And I've got, you know, I've got four or five backup plans. I think that is, that's a big key to the whole thing. Um, especially on public, you know, if you have one buck located, I'm not saying that you can't be aggressive, but you might want to be less aggressive because if you bump him, that might be your last chance for a while. Yeah. The more deer that you can, you know, stack up basically the better your odds are because you can first off close the distance. And second, like I said, you can just keep jumping. Yeah. Um, so we'll get right into it. So say that I have like last year, for example, I had a buck that I jumped two weeks before season. Uh, I, I was actually scouting around in there, hanging some cameras and it was late September because I moved down here really late in season. Yeah. Uh, so my, my game plan, when I saw that buck, you know, I, I had his bed I had a destination food source in mind. I had a water source and then I had a community scrape coming off of that bed. So the first day of season I had to work the second day of season, I had the wrong wind. I had more of just like a straight South wind. So I didn't hunt that location. Let me, I hunted let, a me different... let me stop you and ask you real quick. Cause if not, yep. I'll lose it. When you, you said you bumped that buck out of his bed. Did you know it was that specific deer? I didn't know it was that specific one, but I knew it was a giant. Okay. Um, when he ran off, you, they always look bigger running away too, but okay. he was, you know, bigger than anything so, I've ever so seen. So what I, I guess what I was asking, so you got to look at him. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I saw So it. I, cause I, I'm trying to get that because I know you said you came in late, you know, I didn't know if you maybe had him on cam or, you know, that kind of thing. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It was a visual observation of him. Um, and so like I was saying the day before I targeted a different buck I didn't have any luck. So the next day coming into, I believe it was October 3rd, it was the second or third, but, um, I had a Southwest wind and it was pretty high velocity, you know, it was like 94 degrees out. And so it was, it was pretty hot. And, uh, I had like a 15 mile an hour wind. Um, and I knew that that was going to set up really good for the certain bedding ridge. So going in, my whole plan was to basically use milkweed the whole way in make sure that my thermals weren't rising up the ridge too much to where I thought he was bedded because if my thermals are rising, he's got me, you know, that's, that's yeah. one of his advantages. That wind was strong enough where it was actually blowing my thermals down before it would rise enough to get to his bed. Okay. So it was, it was basically playing like a just off thermal pole, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I dove in, I, uh, scouted my way in with my stand on my back, which is really important. And, you know, I didn't have a specific tree in mind necessarily. Like I had a location I wanted to get to, but I wasn't totally focused on that. If I hit really hot sign before that point, I was going to stop and set up on it. And I ended up hitting hot sign, you know, about 80 yards before that location I had in mind. Would you, what go, what'd you find going to that real quick? Yep. So, um, on the way in, first thing I did is check the trail camera. I hung two weeks before that. 
And I had a picture of like 150 inch 10 point on camera in daylight coming yeah. from that direction. So I knew like, Hey, they're coming off their beds. They're working their way this way. And, uh, so I, I decided, you know, what? I'm going to continue further that way towards that bedding Ridge. Yeah. And I'm going to work as far as I can until I hit really hot sign. And there's some white Oaks up there. And you know, if, if one of those white Oaks has, has acorns on the ground yeah, and there's some rubs and scrapes right there, I'll hunt that. Okay. And sure enough, it was like 80 yards further. I hit that white Oak and there was a bunch of fresh rubs. There was a big scrape right there. And I was only, you know, probably 40 yards off that community scrape at that point. Yeah. And, uh, that put me roughly, you know, 80, 85 yards, maybe 90 yards from where I believe that buck was bedded. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a couple key things to take away from that was really pushing the limits. You know, it's, it's 94 degrees outside. It's October 3rd. Nobody else is really out there at that point. And if anybody, (laughs) If, if anybody exactly but if you if you're really confident in what you're doing and you have all this pre-scouted yeah and you have you know a specific buck to a specific bed to a food source and you can push the limits and get in between that um i don't think weather is really going to play a huge role in that i think yeah. that he's going to get up and he's going to work his way to that food source at some point even I, if it's right before dark yeah i also i, I can't remember where but i think that there's a notion or there has always been a notion that Beck or Beck, excuse me, bucks will just bed for 15 hours a day, like straight. And then they'll get up at dark. And I don't think that that's always the case or I don't really think that's the case at all to, to be completely honest, but uh, you know, it helps a whole lot more. You know, it, I do think that the heat has, has some kind of role to play in, in how much movement they do, but I don't think they're bedded all day you know, from, from, uh, from daylight to dusk because of the heat, you know what I mean? I think they live out in the elements anyway. I just don't think that maybe they're going that far. I think they might get up, you know, maybe go directly to a food source that's closer than maybe a, a, another. And then, you know, they'll go get some water, then they'll go lay back down. I don't think that it's so I, that's why another reason why I've, I've really pushed, um, you know, early season, like bed hunting, because, you know, the closer you get, the more of an opportunity you're going to have. They might, they may not travel as far because of the heat, but I don't think that they're not traveling at all because of the heat. Is that, would that make, yeah. would you agree with that? Would you, or would you have a different? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think another, another aspect of it. So when you get really into the bed hunting, you're going to find you know, if you put your time in in a year, you're going to find a couple hundred beds most likely. Yeah. Um, and for me, you know, I found a couple hundred beds. I did the same thing this year. I refined that down to like the best, let's say the best 10 beds. And then I correlated those 10 beds with some sort of buck. And if it was a buck of the caliber I wanted, I'd put it on the list to target. Yeah. And all the, all the factors that went into that were, you know, for early season, it was 90 degrees out. So I'm looking, one of the reasons I targeted that spot that day was because there was a Creek that actually held water. And it was one of the last creeks in that mountain range that actually had water in it. Huh. And so I, I, you know, it's, you got to think about it. It's 94 degrees outside. Yeah. A buck is laying up on a dry Ridge in the sun with a coat. He's my, my thought process was possibly he's going to want to go down and get water midday. Absolutely. And I almost think that that might have been what he was actually targeting. He came down at, you know, 3.15 in the afternoon, 
which is five hours before dark to a, to an oak tree yeah. on his way to, you know, he was only 30 yards from the Creek when I shot him. Yeah. That's a very good, that's a very good assumption observation. I would agree. And, I would agree with that. Yeah. And I think that there's something to that. Another thing is, is early season, you know, if it's, you can play all that stuff to your favor, like a, the hot weather can be good for, um, for water. Like, like I just said, it can be good for like a really steep North Ridge. Yeah that has betting points where it doesn't get a lot of sun. You know, yeah. you can start putting all these pieces of the puzzle together based off things that normally people would say are a disadvantage. Yeah. You know, the last three out of the last four years, I've killed my buck the first three or four days of season. And the coolest temperature I've had was like 78 degrees. That's crazy. It's, yeah. It's, so not, it's not crazy. It's just, well, when I say it's crazy, it's just, if, if you ask anybody else who, who doesn't think, like like you know we do that's crazy you know what i mean but when it comes down to it like you're using you're really using what people think like you said are disadvantages to your advantage which in you know in turn is is letting you get on your target and tag out in the first three days which it i uh, you know, I, I, it's funny because, like, you know, if somebody if everybody starts finding out about this, then we'll, we'll never, we'll, we'll never be able to start <laughs> to, to keep doing it. But sorry, so I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Nope, exactly, man. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. So, so to get back on track with the whole thing, some, uh, some, some <laughs> things that I think that everybody, you know, if if you want to really refine your craft and and be good at this, besides the actual like scouting of the beds and everything like that, I think that that. In, in our game, confidence is such a big factor. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually texted my brother and my hunting buddy, Ethan, before I went in there and I told him, hey, I'm, I'm swinging for the fences. Like, I'm, I'm going to go in there and get this buck. And my brother texted me back, like, good luck. But Ethan actually texted me back. He's like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of hot out, man. Like, I really don't know. And we were talking about it the other day, and he said he didn't think I was going to see anything at all. But – when I, when I texted him, I just had so much confidence. And even if you, you know, even if you, you have to believe you're going to go in there and kill that deer every time, especially Absolutely. early season, because if, if you go in there, you're like, ah, you know what, I'm just going to sit here and maybe I'll see one. Um, it, you're not going to put yourself in the right location. You're not going to really push the limits of it. I, if think you you'll, there, I think you'll just settle for, for, oak, for what you might think is good enough instead of really trying to swing. Yes, like good enough sign or yeah. a good enough food source, or and that's exactly it, man. That's perfect. And I, you know, I know a lot of people early season that go out and they're just they're they're that's what they're doing. They're settling. It's hot. They don't want to walk that mile in. You know, there's there's a, there's a lot of things that go into it like that. And I think that you know, for me, like I was when I when I stepped foot in the woods, I was 100 percent sure in my head. Now I could have been wrong. You know, I let's say I'm only right 30 percent of the time. But in my head, every time I go out, I 100% think that the buck that I'm targeting is in the bed that I think he's in. Yeah. And I walk in there, you know, I, I walk quiet. I take three or four hours to get to my stand sometimes. I take a half hour to set up so I'm extra quiet because I, I, in my head, that buck is 60 or 70 or 80 yards from me. Yeah. And I, that's, such a, that's such a big part of the game. You know, most of this is all just as a mindset, too. If you... I, I think that that's one of the most important aspects of it. You know, if, if I would have went in there just to sit, I wouldn't have killed that deer, but I went in there to kill him. Absolutely. I think, I, I think that, um, oh man, I have my thought and I lost it. I, I think that having 
in anything that you want to become good at, anything, whether it be you want to become an underwater basket weaver or you want to become a, a chef or, or you want to become, you know, you want to get on large mature bucks and be able to kill them consistent basis. I think there's things that you have to do. You have to have the mindset that you constantly need to become better, constantly adapt, constantly become a student of the game, of the hunt. And I think that you have to be able to do that. And and like you said, perfecting your craft. And that's something that I've carried over from, you know, years of team sports and, and just, you know, different things is you want to be, you want to be worth your weight at something you got to put in your time and you got to go in and you got to have the mindset that you're going to go in, like you said, for the kill, like period. And I think that that's what sets people who are consistently getting it done to people who are like maybe, maybe killing a mature buck every couple of years. I think that that's a big difference. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, you look at the guys that are like the elite guys, my, my idols, you know, like yeah. the DeQuistos or Dan or Andy May or any of those guys, if you listen to them talk or you watch videos of them or anything like that, there's no doubt in their mind at any point, you know, they're, I, I think Dan's probably the best of this. If you watch some of his videos, he's like, Hey, I climbed up in this tree. That buck is bedded right there. Like he doesn't say like, well, I think it's there or maybe it's there. Like in his mind, that buck is there. Yeah. And he could be wrong, you know, just as much as we are, but it's, it's that mindset. And if you just can, if you can carry that over and, and keep going in there with that mindset that, you know, it's, it's going to happen. I think that a, you're going to push as close as you can B you're probably going to make mistakes at some point because you push too close. Yeah. Which is probably the best, you know, way to learn too. So absolutely. You, and, and failure is such a big part of the whole thing too. You know, I've, I've walked in and, and bumped so many bucks or, you know, I've missed bucks at 10 yards. I've hit sticks. I've, you know, got busted drawing my bow back and all these failures over time have just really brought me to the point where I feel like I'm a lot more consistent now. Yeah. And if you're always sitting back and you're not in the game, you're not going to have those you know, you're, you're not going to have those failures or those experiences, which are going to make you better. Yeah, I agree. And so even if you're new to this, even if you really don't know exactly what you're doing, just go for it, you know? Yeah. Tell yourself that buck's there, go in there, blow a hunt or two. Maybe you kill him the first shot in, you know, regardless, I think that, and I, I think that that's the best way to really be successful and consistent. Yeah. Trial by fire. Yeah, 100%. But, um, so yeah, so, so this year for me, you know, that that's kind of the story of, of my buck anyways, last year, but like this year, my goal, so I'm going to get my buck located and it's going to basically be the exact same thing. I'm going to, I'm going to base it on a certain wind for a day. Um, and it's, it's going to be the, the same, basically the same scenario. That's what I keep playing out over and over. And that's just what's led me to a lot of success in the, in the first, really the first week of season overall. Yeah. What, um, let me ask you this, what do you, so I think that I, one thing I had to learn, you know, we're kind of getting to a win thing here, but what in the past few years is like, you know, I find a buck bed. I know for sure it's a buck bed, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I want to hunt this bed or hunt, you know, around this bed. I, at one point I was paying attention to the wind, but I was only paying attention to the wind when it was perfect for me. And not really thinking about, okay, that deer is probably not going to be in that bed if it, the wind is absolutely perfect for, you know, 
for how I'm moving. Do you think when it comes to early season, you know, and you know, maybe he's frequenting that same bed because he likes it, he feels safe. How far do you think, and this is just, this is just a, you know, a guess or, or whatever, but do you think that another bed for him on, on a different wind would be far away from that bed that he likes? Or do you think that it's, it's relatively close, just maybe at a different, you know, spot for the wind to be in his favor? You know, there's a, there's a lot that goes into that. If you're going to, so with a specific buck, um, first off, terrain is going to be a big part of that. Whether he's in farm country, you know, flatland, uh, marshland, hill country, whatever it is. Yeah. I think that all the, all bucks have multiple bedding locations. Yeah. Um, I think that they definitely have primary ones for a specific wind at a certain time of year for a destination. Like if you have, I, I've got an example one. It's a, a really big ridge in hill country that comes to a point. And it has basically like a cliff in front of it. There's a couple fallen trees on top. So there's a lot of growth right there. There's some briars and stuff. And the destination is a white oak flat for that. Okay. So for a, for a spot like that, I think that if he has any version of south or west wind, he's going to be within, you know, 50 to 100 yards on a consistent basis. But yeah. if that bedding ridge didn't set up quite that good or that food source wasn't there, he could be you know, a mile away. Yeah. It just, it's, it's really situational when you get into that. Um, yeah. yeah, there's, I can't really put a distance on it. I, I know that I have bucks that I've seen on camera in hill country, for example, over a mile away. Yeah. And that's where putting all the pieces together really comes into play. And I think that's, that's just as important as, you know, you have to know the destination, you have to know multiple beds You and wind velocity heat you have to put every all these puzzles all these pieces into your puzzle not just like the bed or the food you know what i mean does yeah. that make sense yes absolutely you hear that people it's not it's not just a one and done thing you got to put your time in it ain't gonna happen it ain't gonna happen overnight oh man people i love people do because they, they kill me they kill me it's like well i did this but i didn't see that deer okay well did you take this 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 and this into account well, no. Okay, there's your problem. I think that everybody wants the shortcut. There's no shortcut to doing this. You're just it's it's time and boots on the ground. I think one hundred percent. Um, and go ahead, go ahead. Oh, just just one more note on that too. You know that guy that says, "Hey, I did this and I I didn't see that deer or I didn't or I didn't kill him or whatever he does say." You know, really start asking yourself why. You know, like was the wind different that day? Did you not have the food source dialed in? Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's so many things that you can really kind of get better at to put yourself in a better position. Yeah. And even if you have it all right, you know, you could have everything dialed in. I would like a high percentage sit might still only be a 10% chance of killing him. Yeah. You know, say like if you have everything perfect, I mean, if you look at a guy like, you know, there's there's plenty of guys out there. I've had years like that. You know, Dan has years like that where he might not even – he might only get on two or three good bucks all year and he sits 50 or 60 times. Yeah. He's got everything dialed in that, that man's never sitting anywhere without, without everything perfect for him. Yeah. So it's, it's never going to be perfect. You just got to keep hammering away at it. I mean, eventually if you keep putting yourself in that situation, it's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. The, uh, 
I was listening to a podcast you did with uh, um, Byron the other day or yesterday, and then you all talked about the Bump It Up episode with the DeQuistos, and I was like, all right, I need to go over there and, and listen to it. So I hopped over and started listening to it, and um, I did like I didn't realize it, and this in. I never act like I know everything and I never want to act like I, I got anything down pat. Cause I don't, there's, you know, the, this is the whole reason why I did the note taker series was to learn and to help others learn more. But the, like, so last year I killed this two and a half year old buck literally off a of bump and dump. And I didn't know that I bump and dumped him, but I bumped and dumped him. And I figured I was like listening to that yesterday and I like lost my mind. I was like, Holy crap. I was like, I just bumped and dumped that two and a half year old. And I didn't even realize I did it. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I was like jacked up and I was like calling, I was calling my good buddy. And I called, uh, I called Jason Campbell from uh lone wolf custom. Cause I was like, dude, I was like, I gotta tell you something. I was like, I know, I know it was a small deer, but I got, I, I bumped and dumped this deer. And he was like, what? And I was like, I bumped and dumped this deer last year and I didn't realize I did it. And one thing that I took into, took out of that was, is that I, I, I did less thinking and more doing and like my, like it was almost became instinct because I put, I took all the knowledge in and I applied it and I didn't even think about applying it. I just did it. And kind of going into what we're saying, you know, if, you know, if you want to be successful in the early season, you know, you're going to have to put your time in, but you're also going to have to swing for the fences. And, start, and I really think a part of that is just doing things out of, not, I don't want to say habit, but like just doing it out of instinct. And my instinct ended up letting me kill that deer, you know, four days later or three days later. And so, you know, that, that's all I had to say about that. But, you know, I, I was, I was jacked up today and yesterday. I was like, Oh my God, I bumped the dump a deer and I, <laughs> I did it, you know, with the wind correct and, and everything. And I was like, now I just need to do it with a mature buck. So, you know, I mean, I'm not, oh. I'm not saying that I'm the next Andre, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. So, so question for you, what do you yeah. think, what do you think gave you that instinct? What, what put you in the position to go back and try to kill that buck? Like, why do you, why do you think that was instilled? Like what brought upon that instinct, I guess? You know, I think, I honestly think that because I, I had a mind, so I had a mindset change at the end of 2018, 2018 was uh, the first year that I started really understanding mobile hunting. And so I dove into that head first. And then when I, you know, I was successful on a mature buck that year, um, I got onto a, a, a buck that year that was pushing one forties. Yeah. Um, I just didn't, I wasn't able to capitalize that deer ended up being shot 2019 opening day. He ended, he ended up going like one fifty something, but, um, Besides the point, sorry, but I had a mindset change that I was, t- I wanted to learn to consistently get on these deer. Um, and I, you know, I don't have any problem with killing a small deer, but I, I just, I, I had that mindset change and that goal to, to get on mature bucks, not, not always the size of the rack, but just the age. So when I dove in head first, I started eating and taking in and feeding myself all this information that I could and could possibly try to retain in my head and my, and, and I just started thinking about it. And every time I go to the woods, I would think about this information. Um, I would, you know, like 2018, I'll be honest with you, dude, I took the wind somewhat serious, but I didn't pay much attention to it. 
2019, I was like, I need to focus on how my wind is because I'm going to bump everything in the woods and I won't see anything because they're going to smell me before I even see them. So, you know, and, and so like going into that, on that hunt, I'll just explain it to you going into that hunt. And there's this big piece of public that's basically flat. So if, if the wind is say the wind is a Northwest, it's a Northwest through the whole piece, just because it's, it's not rolling Hills. There's no elevation change. It's just all flat in this spot. And um, at that time I had that wind going towards the river. And I, first time I'm on that piece, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to assume that this piece is extremely pressured. I'm just going to assume, I don't know for sure, but I'm going to assume. And that was October 6th. And so I walked all the way to the very back of the piece where it hit the river, followed the shoreline. And I started running into buck sign, big buck tracks, um, you know, doe tracks, all kinds of deer sign. And so for me to go and I I just said, okay, I'm going to cut these tracks. To two years before that, 2017, 2016, I wasn't thinking about cutting tracks back to a bed or, you know what I mean? And yep. it, it just really, it just is me taking the time to learn more. And I think that because I kind of slowed down and, and put more thought into it, um, like before that I actually went out and did it, made me, kind of made it like, imprinted on my brain you know what i'm saying like i hadn't done it so many times before i think it was more of like i put in the time to figure out you know and to learn more so when it when i was out in the field it was like it was just there and sitting in my head already so i think that that's i i would say that's why i end up being able to you know i bumped that deer up out of his bed as soon as i bumped it I i i hung out of a saddle so it's not like i hung a stand and went back but I, I checked everything out. I was like, okay, you know, there's browse. There's that bed. I walked up on the bed. It was, an, you know, I was like, there's trails in and out of the bed. I was like, in order for me to hunt this, I was like, I'm going to need a just off wind, you know, being to put me at some kind of advantage. And four days later on the 10th, same wind. I didn't even waste time. I went back there, you know, got up in the tree. I wasn't even in the tree, maybe 25 minutes. And I shot that deer. That's perfect, man. And the the reason I asked that was because this is a perfect learning example, you know, for anybody listening to this podcast that wants to elevate their game. Yeah. You know, just like they're listening to this, you were listening to people and you gained a bunch of knowledge and you you had fundamentals, right? A yeah. few years ago. Yeah. You went out and you worked your butt off. You gained a bunch of experience through some failures. And then you started building up this instinctive, you know, mindset where you had all of this put together and you went in and you got it done. Exactly. You, you know what I mean? So that's yep. like, that's, that's so important, man. You need to have the fundamentals. You need to go actually apply them. You need to learn for yourself. You know, you can only take so much out of all these podcasts or reading yep. or anything before. I, I think the fundamentals are really important because you have to have like, you have to have that base to build on to, to know what to look for. Absolutely. And then you got to get out there and you got to do it. You got to fail a little bit. And then eventually you're just going to start succeeding more often. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, that's, that's perfect, man. That was, that's awesome. I mean, it's just like perfecting your craft. You know what I mean? Like you're going to keep having more success, the more experience you go, you're putting into it because you're learning from the last mistake. You know what I'm saying? And so that's, that's what it's been for me is, you know, I have, I have two, I have one buck on my wall. That's, that's, definitely over 140 
I did not kill him by mobile hunting. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, I didn't under at that point, I didn't understand what mobile hunting was. I didn't understand what, you know, diving in and finding beds were, you know what I mean? And so, but once I started learning about it, I was like, this is completely against almost everything I know. You know what I'm saying? Like I grew up hunting private land, you know, I had feeders, you know, I, I made the, I put out the, you know, three cameras over the bait or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. And and that's how I, you know, grew up hunting. But this is like, this is more my style. I'm more hard nose, like crawling through the weeds in my ghillie suit kind of guy anyway. So once I started learning more and more about this, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm done. You know, like that's, that's the past. This is what I'm about now. And I just dove in head first and I absolutely, you know, and, and two, uh, another thing I hunted Southern Ohio last year, like I told you earlier, dude, I saw two absolute giants, like absolute giants. One was a giant, easily giant 12 point. Um, and I just, I didn't just didn't get a shot. And another one was a giant. I don't even know how many points he had, but he easily six or seven years old, big old saggy back. I mean, just a big old, just swamp donkey dude. And I just didn't get a chance to, I, at that point I didn't have, um, I didn't do anything out of instinct. I kind of messed up and, and got froze and got scared. Cause I was, I was kind of in a field in my, in my ghillie suit. And if I would have made a move on that deer, I probably would have had a chance, but I just, I didn't know what to do. I was so enamored by the, the, just this beast, but, but you know, those two deer, like I, I kind of got real down on myself because I was like, God, you, you're idiot. You should have, you know, got in and got it done. But it's like, I just had two encounters within two weeks of each other or within a week of each other on two giants. Like I'm doing something right. You know what I mean? I just got to learn how to finish. Yeah, exactly. So, but so just give me, so, you know, wrapping this up, give me two good points. If, you know, if, if the people who hear this don't, you know, really get anything else out of this podcast, give me two good points that you would put the absolute most emphasis on when it comes to early season, you know, you got your buck and, and making moves and, and making decisions and making it happen. Yep. So assuming that they've done all the scouting and all the preseason inventory and trail cameras and everything, assuming they have all that and they have a buck located that they want to go after the first, you know, first week of season, <clears throat> I think, you know, number one is going to be to be aggressive, just, you know, go for it. And, and there's some guys that probably disagree with that, but my success rate is definitely contributed. You know, I, the majority of my success is due to the fact that I'm, that I'm really aggressive. I mean, probably overly aggressive and it yeah. just, it works for me. And the other thing would be to just be mobile. And I didn't mention that before because to me, it's just, it's in the back of my head, but yeah. Um, being mobile and being able to move around is so important. You know, whether it's the same location where you're scouting in with a stand on your back or with your saddle or on the ground, and you're able to just continue to the hot sign as opposed to a preset stand or bouncing different locations throughout the state the first week. Yeah. Both of those are going to yield a lot better results than sitting in the same stand or the same blind, especially early season. You know, rut tactics are a little bit different, but yeah, early season, I don't think that you can continue to target the same spot without really messing up those gear and, and their travel patterns will shift quite a bit. Yeah. 
I, I agree with that. Absolutely. I agree with that. Jake, thanks so much for taking the time, bro, and, and you know, giving me some, some tactics, some advice, and, and some some notes to take. Definitely, definitely good luck on your season, and uh, hopefully we both call each other sometime within the next couple months and, and first couple weeks of the season and tell each other we smoked one. So thanks for hopping on here, bro, and, and sharing some of your knowledge. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Have a great man.